special Halloween edition of NASCAR America. Today we're going to go behind the driver, but before that, we're going to talk about Halloween and some of the coolest costumes we've ever found. <laughs> Did a little research, DJ. Oh, yeah? Yep, we found this incredible costume that a dude dressed up with for Halloween. He was so proud of himself. Hmm. Check it out. Oh, wow. Dale Jarrett. Full mustache, that? everything. Got it all. Yes. Hmm. A little shorter than you. A little bit, but wow. That's pretty cool. <laughs> People will go to a lot of different lengths to oh, wow. do something. How about that? And to be clear, yes. that's not dressed up like you. That no. was Tony Stewart dressed up like something. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's something. And that, that, is. Yeah, that is something, yeah. <laughs> so what, have you ever, you still trick-or-treat? Like, or did you grow out of that? No, I, I grew out of that, okay. yeah. Um, but I, we do have a lot of kids on our block, so yeah. I get to experience trick-or-treating through them hmm. and see all the cool costumes. I just dress up in one of my suits and put a helmet on and just stand there. Do the kids, like, they interact with you, throw stuff at you? Yeah, they throw a lot of eggs at me. It's sad. <laughs> eggs, gosh. Yeah. So, I buy a lot of candy a rough, and then don't get many, and then I end up eating all the candy myself. So, yeah, this hasn't worked out really well. And you act like you're surprised every yeah. year, right? Yes, yeah. every year. But, and you buy the candy you like. Yeah, that's what I for do. sure. So, so uh, going to Texas this weekend, I, I obviously, this is a really important race for everybody except for Martin Truex Jr., right? But I think specifically, there's probably some drivers that this race means more to than others. Is there someone that you feel like this race is really important up to? Uh, when I look at the list right now, I think it's Kevin Harvick in my mind. Uh, I think his playoffs to this point have been a little bit underwhelming to me. You know, I thought they were on a really good roll, and I just haven't seen uh, what I thought I was going to see once the playoffs rolled around. And they find themselves below the cut line, 14 points. And, you know, that's, that's a lot of points. But he's going to a place that he's really been good at uh, over the years. The last 10 races, he has 10 top 10 finishes. Uh, he's won two of the last four races there. Uh, you know, he's won stages, I think, four out of the last eight. So I think that they have to put this together. I mean, this is an opportunity for the Fords and, in particular, Kevin Harvick to, to showcase what he has and either cut that number down or go win this race and move on. You know, it used to be that he could kind of wait on Phoenix and say, hey, if it doesn't happen before then, but a lot of people have caught up. It's a little more difficult these days. It's hard to put it on one race, isn't yes, it? I mean, sure. they did that. They were able to pull that off. But yeah. I agree with you. I think, I think that they can't just say, we're going to go win Phoenix. I think other people have gotten better. How do you feel about Harvick? I mean, I, you never want to count them out, but it's just kind of strange because they haven't done anything horrible during the playoffs, but they haven't done anything great. So I just look at Kevin right now, and they just need some sort of momentum, something great to happen. Obviously, you want to go win the race because if you do that, it locks you in. But you, just to run up front inside the top three, like we're accustomed to seeing Kevin Harvick do, I think they really have to go to Texas and focus on that because, to your point, Phoenix isn't a guarantee anymore. Yeah. He's still fast there. But whether they've slowed down a little bit there or the other teams have caught up, it's just not a guarantee Kevin Harvick win at Phoenix. Yeah, I, I think Stuart Haas has just gotten behind a little bit. I think yeah. that, that Gibbs has gotten really good. I think Penske has continued to improve uh, and, and, and Chase Elliott and his team. I just think that Stuart Haas hasn't been able to move the ball quite as, quite as quickly as some of the others. Is there somebody in particular you're looking at? Yeah, it's, it's really who's behind Kevin Harvick in the standings, and that's Ryan Blaney. They've had an up-and-down playoffs. Winning at Talladega was big for them. But they've really, over this kind of a eight-race, nine-race stretch, going into the playoffs and now in the playoffs, they're, they're starting to show a lot of speed. Martinsville, he ran up front all day. He yeah. finished third in both stages, 
finished inside the top five. But what was crazy about that was as I was watching the race getting ready for victory lap, I thought to myself, like, man, he had a great day. Looked at the points. I was like, wow, gained six points. Yeah. He had a day where he ran no worse than outside of fifth or sixth all day mm -hmm. and only gained six yeah. points. Being 15 back, I think you can still race your way in on points, but you have to go to Texas. They've had speed there, but they had a mechanical failure the first race. These cars and these teams have really figured out these cars and this package a lot more since Texas. I think they have to go there and do the same thing that they did at Martinsville, run inside the top five all day. Yeah, make good decisions all day long, too. Yeah, he, he's, he has no problem being aggressive when he needs to be and wants to be and has the car to, to do that with, but they can't have any mistakes. It seems like there's always something. You know, They either don't keep up with the track quite enough or they make a mistake on pit road, something like that, that puts him behind and then playing catch-up finds himself in trouble. So needs a, a good solid day to where he's up in the top five as much as he was at Martinsville. That's what's crazy about this time of the year. You know, you, you, he ran really well at Martinsville, and he just didn't gain that much. And I, I, I you know, you're now racing the best of the best. Yeah. And unless they have a bad day, you're going to have to do really, really good stuff once you get yourself into that hole. And I think that's a great point about Harvick and also Blaney. On Monday's NASCAR America, DJ and I had a conversation about Kyle Busch. And where is he in regard to uh, being able to get everything together to go put a couple races together to get to Miami. I said I thought he would go to Miami. Uh, clearly, they're not running as well. Uh, I'm concerned about that team uh, for a lot of reasons. I don't see them having the speed of two of their teammates. I feel like Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. have, have had more speed, and there's been a lot of issues with Kyle on track with incidences like this. Uh, I don't know. I, I believe he's going to Miami with a shot to win a championship. I think he can put everything behind him and, and be a – serious threat to win that championship but these next two races i think are important because you're gonna have to win miami and let you know, i mean every year you have to win and that means you're gonna have to bring it you have to find a way to outrun true x you're gonna have to find a way to outrun uh, whoever else it is and this team as of late just hasn't been able to do it it's more to me is is not the outright speed because at times during all the races throughout the playoffs they've had speed but it's kyle bush's frustration yeah and we've seen it at all different types of racetracks. We saw it at the Roval. We saw it this past weekend at Martinsville with the Eric Amarola and then Ryan Newman because after the, the deal with Eric, he was still running and restarting inside the top five mm -hmm. and then got in the fight with Ryan Newman and then really fell back after that. So we know Joe Gibbs racing as a whole. Their cars are going to be fast. It's just can Kyle kind of rein it back in with all the fresh frustration that he's had because – Let's call it what it is. He's used to being the team leader. Yeah. Yes. Even when Denny Hamlin was winning all the races back in, in what was it, 2011? Yeah, in 11. Yeah. It, you just kind of always thought like, okay, it's Kyle Busch's team still. Mm -hmm. Right now, it doesn't feel like that anymore. Martin Truex Jr. and that 19 team, Cole Pern, they've stepped up. Obviously, Denny Hamlin and that 11 team are having a fantastic year. So the speed will be there. Can Kyle kind of rein it back in and, and get back to what he's used to doing running up front? I, th I think that when the 19 uh, was the 78, and Cole and Martin were in Denver, and that team goes and outruns you, there's always something in the back of your mind saying, well, I really don't have what they have. Right. Right? I mean, you really, and you probably didn't. I mean, right? You probably didn't have everything the same. But now that they're in-house and and – to be honest, at the beginning of the year, we're all we were talking. What's wrong with Martin? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. what's wrong with them, yeah. right? And and Kyle was kicking their butt. Kyle and that team was better, but it switched. And, and if you look at, you know, Kyle's got Kyle has four wins, uh, Martin has seven, 
but those seven have come you know, between a lot of Kyle's wins, because yeah. Kyle got a lot of his wins early. I do believe that adds to the frustration. You don't want to be the guy that's not the top man. And, and for, you know, there were brief moments, but for the most part, Kyle's always been the guy. Yeah. And that's something that is frustrating. Uh, but I think I think they can I think they can get it together. I, I still just can't believe that that team won't go to Miami <laughs> with yeah. a shot to win a championship. I, I have a hard time believing that he won't be that because you've thought that all year long, especially the way they started out. But there's just something telling me that that whatever this is that they have going on, uh, they have to get Kyle focused for these next two races all in on these races. And sometimes, you know, you talk about him not being the top guy and these other two, Denny and Martin Truex Jr., having more speed a lot of the time. So Kyle Busch, everybody's always been trying to say, I want to get my car like his. Well, it was tough to drive if you got it like his kind of. Now, his car isn't the fastest one. So are they trying things that the other yeah. guys are? And that doesn't suit his and, style exactly. And he's got a 19-race winless streak. So even if he gets to Miami, can he win the championship if he hasn't won a race yeah. in these next two? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, going, it's going to be tough. It's yeah. going to be really tough. But I think they're but, up for it. Yeah, he's the driver that can oh, do it talent-wise. Oh, there's yeah. nobody better. No question. Yeah. Well, the guy that he's chasing, Martin Truex Jr., he has, without a doubt, become one of NASCAR's premier drivers. Up next, we'll reveal the person who played a major role in Martin's early days in NASCAR. So you come south as you came along and got an opportunity with Chance 2 and, and all that. They hook you up with Kevin Mannion. How important was Kevin? Oh, Bono was huge because I, you know, we just, we got along well. We had similar personalities. He was kind of laid back and, you know, from the Northeast and modified roots. Kind of, he was still a young guy, you know, yeah. when, when we got together. We just had a young group of guys that were, you know, similar backgrounds, kind of just misfits all thrown together, you know. And uh, we just, it worked well. We just had fun right away. And I felt at home and I felt comfortable. And I knew that, you know, they were gonna give me every, holy crap, what are you doing? So, so, <laughs> so you knew he was a misfit. You yeah. just said you knew oh he was God, a misfit. Oh my God, that's hilarious. How's it going, man? Holy How's it going? Crap. What are you doing? How's it going? We were both young men, but we both have gray hair now. What's the deal with that? <laughs> I didn't know you were standing back there watching. Oh uh, yeah. Was he always this laid back? When you, when you uh, guys? Only, not at the racetrack. Not get, at the racetrack? No, during the race he yelled. Get mad. <laughs> you better listen to me. You better listen right now. All right? We missed the setup today. It was a piece of shit. Now look what you've done. Now we're going to finish even worse. Come a long way, Kyle. <laughs> He's calmed a lot. Have you calmed down in your older years? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I want, I want to go back to Chance 2 for a minute. Looking back on it, oh my gosh, that's a magic time. For me, it was all just kind of a whirlwind. And, you know, I was just kind of living in the moment, trying to have fun with it. 
what was it like for you? Well, like Martin had an opportunity, Dale Jr. as well gave me an opportunity to be a crew chief. So uh, we worked god-awful hours, <laughs> yeah. but had so much fun doing it. And the winds came and, and things just fell into place. Martin Truex Jr. goes back to back in the championship race. There's Kevin Mannion. When you look at what he's gone on and done, you set that foundation early on. How much pride do you take in? Oh, a lot. In that? I mean, I, I, I text him after he finally got another win. I'm about it's about time, you know. Uh, and then winning a cup championship is just just huge. How about this, Martin Truex Jr.? You are the champion, baby. Woo! A couple kids out of the Northeast with a dream and, and a lot of passion and kind of the same personality, you know, just kind of quiet, laid back. Do you think that bond ever goes away? Do you guys still still have that connection? I think and always we do. Have that bond? You know, it's something that you don't even have to talk about. Yeah. Like, we don't even talk that much when yeah. we see each other. It's like I'm always excited to yeah. see him, but like now, That's, this is a huge surprise. But. Yeah. Those That's are memories I, that you you never yeah, lose. They're yeah. always they're always there. Some of my best friends I don't talk to, <laughs> but you know that if you need something you can call them. They need something they can call you. Whether it's a day, six months, a year, you know. Just just last night I got a group text from Chance too. Yeah. You know we got to have a, a reunion. You know it's just coming up. You know it's been 15 years. You know yeah. so it's crazy. It seems to me it seems like yesterday. Yeah. Congratulations, both of you, man. Don't let that slip away, yeah. dude. Thanks. Don't ever Thank let you. it slip away. That's really cool to see those guys reunited and uh, two Northeast guys came down south and won some championships. Bono today is still racing a crew chief at uh, DGR. They're competing with the Ford Championship with Tyler Ingram in the truck series. And uh, it's cool to see him still still doing his thing, too. Yeah, you know, as a driver and competitor, you remember those people that helped you. You know, when you know, people see things now and see Martin Truex Jr. now, but there was a lot that had to happen uh, before that time. Learning, you know, came south and, and learned how to, to drive stock cars and, and run races, run longer, win championships, and it's all paid off. But uh, that was it's a great bond and friendship that they have. Well, while we're talking about Martin Truex Jr., um, can anybody beat Joe Gibbs racing for this championship? I mean, I think they can be beat because the way the championship lines up now, it's one race. So if, if one team, one driver, they hit that setup at Homestead, they can go beat anybody that day. But we've seen it every year with this format. You're probably going to have to win the race. We keep talking about that. And right now, when you have an organization that doesn't just have one or two cars that are strong, all four of their cars are strong. And part of the reason Eric Jones isn't in the – playoff of eight right now is because they've just had a lot of mechanical failures. So when you have an organization that's hitting on all cylinders to a certain extent with all the race cars, it makes it tough to beat no matter how many cars they will have in the final four. Yeah. I, I, to me, Joe Gibbs racing is who everybody was chasing, right? It's the year started. And I think it was Penske and Gibbs is right there. And then Gibbs got by him. And I don't think that Penske's caught back up. I just, I just look at Joe Gibbs Racing and, and what they've done. There it is, 17 wins. Hendrick had 18 in 07. Uh, when you talk to Steve, he was there for that time. He's yeah. like, it was a magical time. Like, it was crazy. And, and Joe Gibbs, quite possibly, with three races left, they could beat that 18 wins. Yeah, it's incredible what they've been able to do, what they've put together, the, the driver-crew chief combinations that they have. Uh, you know, they, it hasn't been a year that, even when they didn't start out well, that they didn't figure things out and go on and, and have great years. But this has just been phenomenal, what they've done, the, the number of wins and everything. Can someone beat them? I, I'm, I'm betting, even though I'm still a little skeptical on the Kyle Busch getting there, uh, he should get there. Uh, 
And if they have three of those four, then I, I don't think there's anybody that I look at in that list. As you pointed out, AJ, it is a one race deal, a late race restart. Anything can happen in that scenario. But I believe you go down there. If they have at least two, I believe one of those two drivers, and we know they're going to have at least one, but I, I believe it's going to be tough to beat them. And they won't be teammates down there. No, no they won't. <laughs> but as an organization getting everything ready, going to the racetrack, when you have, say they have all three there, there's just an energy around the place. Yeah. We we all know it. When when you have such strong race cars showing up for one race, going for a championship, whether you're teammates or not, as you get there, the organization have built the best of everything, and there's a reason that they've won so many races. No yeah. question. Yeah. All right, so coming up, well, we'll reveal the racing star from the Northeast who Joey Logano cited, sought advice from uh, on his road to becoming a champion. is a speedway with swagger. One of the fastest tracks we come to. This is the place where fists have flown, faces have been bloody. You left a hole, man, and he closed I it. I left a hole. You were the fucking no goodness mother I've ever met. We have seen plenty of drama the last few years at Texas. Can't imagine why this year would be any different. Uh, one driver who had his fair share of drama last weekend, of course, was Joey Logano, right in the middle of some scuffling. Uh, let's find out who Joey credits for helping mold him during his early days in NASCAR. We all have someone that kind of helped mold who we are, what we're about, uh, within an organization somewhere along the way that, that kind of helped you uh, become this person, this driver that you are. You know, for me, Mike McLaughlin was probably that guy. Oh, yeah. um, Mike pushed me, right? Because for me, like I said, growing up, I just showed up and raced. I don't even know what I don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's where Mike really helped me a lot, is just trying to guide me. You're leaning on him for whether it's personal things or whatever. It gets to that point because you, you trust them for what they've done. Mike McLaughlin. They might as well name victory lane after that guy here. The champion is Magic Shoes McLaughlin. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's happy. He was uh, helping me communicate with, with Greg Zipadelli, who was my crew chief at the time. He was friends with him for, yeah. I think, their whole lives. So, you know, having kind of that guy in the middle sometimes helped our relationship. You know, we, we were kind of everywhere I went, Mike was with me. You know, it was, it was flying to the racetrack. It was, you know, before we get to the racetrack, it was post-race meetings. He was, he was there as just kind of like my coach, right? To, yeah. to kind of help guide me along through the different situations that are going to come up when you're racing that he's been through. Mike, what were the things you saw in him? Oh, I tried to keep hey. up. <laughs> <laughs> You're right behind me. <laughs> hey, you guys knew I was going to say that. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, hey, we were talking about the old days. I know, I How know. How long was he there? <laughs> How long was he there? You guys did a good question. job hiding that. That was pretty good. Wow. Well, I'm easy to hide. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> You know, stick me in a corner. Well, I'm good. glad I didn't say the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Mike, what did oh, you really see cool. in him as a driver that oh, you were God. willing to, to help along the way? I mean, he always had the raw talent. You know, today it's raw talent and uh, 
you know, just hard work, dedication. And obviously he has both, but in the beginning, uh, you know, it was just, he didn't have the experience. Yeah. And that was probably the biggest thing that uh, he had to overcome. Did you also have to be that mental coach at times too, to help him get through difficult you times? Know, we, we, uh, we had He's to work the through a few me. things, you know, <laughs> but yeah. we, we did get through them. Pops, his daddy, he thought I was more of a marriage counselor between the two of them, you know, because <laughs> Tony was Greg and Tony had a, you know, obviously a special relationship bond and, uh, but I think, you know, he had to be fairly aggressive with Tony and Joey was kid. The 18-year-old in only his third start is going to win at Kentucky. I guarantee that's the first of many. See him coming from where he started to where he is today. I mean, at one point, I think he questioned, can I do this? I don't know. But obviously, he's one of the best in the business today, so it's pretty cool. And he hasn't forgotten where he come from. So <laughs> that's the main thing. Good to see you, man. Hey, nice to see you. Great. Great. Man, that's a good yeah. surprise. You know what's funny is he was standing there for a while. <laughs> he was. I didn't even know. And, and you no, were I, I was, was too. I I just, like, he didn't even look over. He I just felt like he was going to feel him at some point. <laughs> it's always cool when you get advice from a guy with the nickname of Magic Shoes, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. yeah. And now we know who to put all this blame on for the way Joey acts and drives. Oh, it's yeah. Mike. Yeah. Let's text him. Let's yeah. text Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it, yeah, and seeing the two of them there, it was really cool to hear them talk about everything that went on uh, between them and, you know, how he just kind of had to guide Joey through a lot of difficult times there. And, uh, Joey Logano has come in. We've always known the talent. I think Mark Martin made us aware that, hey, this guy's coming, and he's very talented. And But he's you know, what we have seen is a guy with a lot of talent over the years, and he's a, he's a hard-nosed racer. You know, he, it's almost like he should have come along in the 80s because that's what you think of, 80s and early 90s, that that's the kind of driving style that everybody appreciated and made this sport popular. Yeah, and, and I mean, we saw it in that piece. Look how young Joey Logano was. So – what we're seeing now is just Joey coming into his own personality. And that's when you're that young, you get picked on. And some of the stuff we saw early in his career, the Kevin Harvick stuff, mm. even kind of the Tony Stewart at Fontana, those types of incidents, you know, he was still so young and people kind of just was like, okay, it's easy to pick on him. We can rough him up, do whatever we want, ruffle his feathers, and he'll just take it. Well, there was a certain point Joey Logano said, I'm done taking it. And now I'm going to start giving it out. And that's what I really feel like is that his personality has come out over the last couple of years. And then you add a championship to that. And you just have that confidence and feel like, you know what? Whether you step over the line, however you want to argue this incident here, whether that's over the line or not, it's Joey Logano's personality. And Mike kind of helped start that and then just allowed Joey to take his own path, go down that road and become who he is now. Joey has confidence. Yes. He's confident in himself. He's confident in his team. And I don't consider him to be cocky, but I just think that he's confident. I yes. think that he, when he walks in that garage, he's expecting to win. Uh, and, that, and that's how he drives and that's how he acts. I, I think that'll serve him. And, and you said it earlier. And the way you have to win a championship today, when you go, you've got to be selfish. I think you have to be more selfish in today's NASCAR than ever before. Yeah. You know, when you could race over 36 races and decide a championship, yeah. you could give somebody some slack. You can't yeah. do that anymore. It's a three-race playoff and then one race in Miami. I think that that confidence, that uh, that just belief in himself, I think you have to have that to be a champion today. Yeah, and I look at right now, the standing. He is 14 points above the cut line, sitting in that fourth spot. The last four races have been anything but 
just good, outstanding race, but they have made something of it. If they go on to win a championship, there's so many things that they can look at as to how they even got there yeah. uh, with everything that they've encountered in these playoffs. Jeff, you said he's not cocky. We, we've all been at the pinnacle of our sport at times. You have to be a little cocky. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's okay. I think sometimes – Fans don't like it, yeah. but you have to be cocky to go out there and be the best. Yeah. Arrogant is not cocky. Yeah. You don't want to be that. Yeah. You don't want to be the arrogant guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, Austin Dillon, he also had somebody that, that helped him a lot. And we come back, uh, he gets a nice surprise by that person that was pivotal in uh, his career early and also in his life. In Martinsville, Rubens racing, Jeff. You really get away with it here and everybody loves it. 14 diving down in the inside of the 41. Contact. Teammates out there racing hard. Clint Boyer's on fire right now. That's three turns in a row. He's ran in the back of that 12 car. All right, now that's six, seven. I don't know how many. We lost that count. Any he just shoved him out of the way right there. Yeah, this is racing right here. Well, there's contact off the turn four. The 18 car spun around. It's a short track. Man, bumper. Use the bumper. Rubens racing here. I keep trying to convince people that I work on weekends. And then they have this spy cam that yeah. completely takes that completely out, shows how much fun we do have. That's not fair. Did Junior sit down for That's the entire 500 laps, or did he stand there? And uh, He stands for the majority of it. Yeah. yeah he That's stands right. for Every the majority of it. Every time I've seen him and been around, he's always standing does up. He he's like so a, excited. Does he have his steps that he's counting back and forth? Because by the end of I was watching that. By the end of it, it had to be about 25,000 steps and never actually moved. <laughs> It's fun. Like we have a good time. We really have a good time. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it it's, makes uh, for a good telecast. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's amazing. You know, the thing is, I'd, we'd be watching a race anyway, right? Yeah. We just oh, yeah. we, you know get to watch it and talk about it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And you can uh, you can visit and subscribe the Motorsports on NBC YouTube channel, and you can check out that Dale Junior Spy Cam. I wish someone had told me about this spy cam prior to today. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I mean, I might have done some things that were inappropriate. Good. I didn't even know there was yeah. a spy. That's that's not right. I don't think that's on YouTube anyway. Okay, they're really showing Junior anyway. Yeah, so, but <laughs> you just keep getting in the camera shot. That's the problem. No, I'm in his way. Well, after that, let's get back yeah. to our driver specials. And up next is Austin Dillon. We all have people who have helped build who we are. Who's that person? Is it your parents that have built, helped build who yeah. you are more than anything else? Well, I would say, you know, it's my family, obviously. First of all, my parents and my grandparents. Um, they've always been super supportive of everything that um, I've done as a race car driver. And I'm very happy because I've seen over the years in my cup racing now, like how, how important it is to have somebody there that really, truly has your back. What kind of sacrifices did your dad and mom make so you could race? Oh, my mom, um, she was always there for us. And then dad was that, that push, the motivation behind it. Like, you're never good enough and um, you can always get better. And I remember he got in a Legends car mad at us one night trying to show us what we needed to do and the throttle hung on him and he wrecked it. <laughs> and it was like the funniest thing ever. He's not laughing about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Uh, he's not laughing about it. He's not laughing about it. That, that hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, did he ever take the advice you gave? Did he? How did he take it? Oh, yeah. a, day, a day or two later. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, your dad tells you something, and then uh, a couple days later you think about it. First, yeah. it pisses you off, and then, then, uh, but sure. once they calm down, think about it. They, they, they come back around. Now yeah. we're in a text message mode, so he watches the race and sends me texts throughout the race of what I've made mistakes on. You know, he's usually right, I, I'll give him that, because 
deep down inside, you don't want to tell yourself you're wrong sometimes, but he is that guy that I go to to tell me that if I can do better or yeah. not, right? And, and if I'm in the right direction or if I'm in the wrong. My wife said I can't talk to him at all after race. That's what I'm asking. Does she yeah. play, does, is, oh. is she the peacemaker? Not for them, yeah, but for yeah. me, it's like I'm out. You're out. I yeah. go out in the garage. I play and watch. the mom card. I play the mom card if he steps yeah, over the line. I don't real say. Quick. Don't I can say, say that. I, I played it all the oh, time. Yeah. I played it all. Yeah, the you don't ever say anything bad about either one of them. But then uh, watch. Well, I guess the coolest thing now is to watch them make two or three bad corners and then adjust and make a change. So now yeah. I don't have to tell them. They're actually, it's you know, they're actually learning. I don't have to tell them what they're doing wrong. Oh my God. That's the coolest thing about it now. I'm, I'm starting to enjoy watching anymore that you know I don't have to teach him everything. You're a good man Austin. <laughs> you're, you're a good man. <laughs> Austin Dillon, he's gonna win the 60th running of the Daytona 500. How big was that moment to watch the family win Daytona? Well it's for me it was just a dream because I've gone to Daytona for so long with them and we put ourselves in a good position and took home a trophy and it was yeah. great. What was that like for you as a dad? Oh, well, just, it's amazing. I'm sitting in the stands looking back, and I'm like, and I heard the crowd go nuts. And I said, this can't be true. Come around the corner, here he comes. I was like, yeah. wow. It was good, good party. Congratulations, yeah. man. Thank man, you. Just so you know, I grew up watching your dad. Watch you come along. Always listen to your mom, man. Always listen to your mom. Thank you, dude. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. <laughs> good to see you, man. Good to see you. <laughs> That's good stuff. I, I, I love Mike Dillon. Mike Dillon is one of the best personalities in the garage, uh, loves his kids, loves RCR, uh, but just genuinely a really good person. It's cool to see that. Yeah, it really is. They have a, such a great bond there. And, and, of course, Kyle Petty speaking from experience there because he's not joking about uh, going to his mom. Uh, of course, he had a big lot, big shoes to fill there and, and try to follow with his dad, uh, the seven-time champion. But but to watch, you know, I think we understand listening to our dad. I, I, I don't know if y'all are the same way. I wish I would have listened sooner at, at times, but it's always hard to do also, too, because you're trying to be your person and your driver. But it's nice to have someone in your corner like that that has done all of that and understands what you're going through. I can just imagine Austin getting done after a race and having like what 600 text messages from your dad. <laughs> like, could you imagine like trying to read that? Like, are you serious, Dad? You're doing this while I'm driving? Like, <laughs> that would be a lot. I'm laughing because I'm thinking my son doesn't yeah, like yeah, it. Exactly. Is that what you do right now? <laughs> yeah. No. So, so uh, Austin Dillon, he's getting a new teammate next year in yeah. the Cup Series, Tyler Reddick. Uh, let's talk about the Xfinity Series for just a minute because they've got a, a good battle going on. Uh, their last race at Kansas, I think every all the favorites got in some kind of fight or upset at each other or something. Who do you guys think is the best shot to win this championship? Well, they're coming off of a scuffle themselves. So even though they've had a little more time to calm down uh, with this, I, I still think I, I look at this and I know Tyler Reddick is going to be great uh, at Homestead. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Christopher Bell's an amazing talent, but something is telling me that this is Cole Custer's time. Uh, I've just, I really like what I see with him, and uh, I, I believe he might be the man to beat uh, when they get to Homestead. Yeah, you know, being able to, to drive in some of those races this year, watching Christopher Bell in what he can do, especially me racing road courses mostly this year, and he's not a road course guy, and he was able to go out there and figure out how to get it done, and you put a phenomenal driver in fantastic equipment and you get the results that Christopher Bell and Joe Gibbs Racing are having. But being able to work closely with Ty Tyler Reddick and seeing how quick he picks up on things, it, 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 it impressed me more than I ever thought I could be because 
We could be in a simulator. He could be five seconds off. I could be sitting there watching him going, oh, my God, this is embarrassing. He'd literally watch a lap of mine, get back in it, and go run the same lap time. And wow. he did it during the race weekend. So point being, is RCR close to Joe Gibbs racing right now when it comes to equipment? They're close, but they're definitely not as good. But what Tyler can do, especially on a racetrack like Homestead, where you get up there against the wall, we saw it already last yeah. year, he can grind the fence down and just wring everything out of that two-car possible. And I worked with this crew chief, Randall Burnett, when I was in the 47. That combo right now is a great combo. What they're able to do to go out there and step up and, and beat Cole Custer and Christopher Bell on a regular basis is pretty impressive. And I like getting to that racetrack because I think those three will for sure be there. Getting to that racetrack, I think Tyler Reddick will wring everything out of that car and, and go win this championship again. I, I hope that by then Cole Custer knows what he's doing next year. Because if you take those three to Homestead, their last Xfinity race, with nothing to lose, we are going to be in for an incredible race. Yeah. I, I would love to see those guys. And I know going down there, it's already nothing to lose because it's one race in yeah. a championship. But when you know you're going cup racing and you know that's potentially your last opportunity to win an Xfinity championship, it ratchets it up even more. Yeah. I hope that's the case. And I, I want to see those three. I, I, I just think it would be awesome to see those three come in and race a rookie of the year in a cup series. We've yeah. not had a great rookie of the year battle in a long time. It would be really yeah, fun that for that to happen. Really, yeah, for sure. And, 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 and in good equipment, I mean, that would just be, that'd be really fun to watch. Uh, Coming up soon, right after this, Denny Hamlin. He is on the path to winning his first Cup Series title. Uh, we're going to meet someone who helped him on that path when we come back. Every, everybody has somebody in their life who brings them along, builds them up, molds them into who they are as a person. Who's that person for you? It's really a combination between my two parents. Um, I would say that you know my dad was the tough side, um, and, and my mom was the little bit of the softer side. But they both made a lot of struggles and sacrifices to, to keep funding my racing. I mean, we, we had to sell off a lot of assets to to buy race tires and race fuel and stuff like that. So we grew up watching NASCAR racing when I was a kid. It's every time they came into town to Richmond, we, we had season tickets and my parents knew that I loved it. So, you know, we just kept fighting until the right opportunity came about. You know, you worked with your dad and your dad taught you that, that work ethic. How much of an influence was your dad on your, on your racing career? Yeah, a huge influence. And, and I mean, I think that, uh, you know, his work ethic and, and, and no matter what the store hours say on the door, it doesn't matter, you don't leave till you know, the last customer is gone. I think that that, that was uh, something that instills in me, you know, kind of how I, I treat people in general. Yeah, well, your talking's done. Because no. your dad's here, Dennis is here. <laughs> nice. Yeah, what, when, when you watch him race today, um, do you still see that little boy at Capital City? Do you see, still see Absolutely. that little boy at Southside, a little bit Absolutely. of that? Absolutely. But I'll tell you, just like I tell everybody, I am more proud of the young man he turned out to be than I ever would be the race car driver. If, if you could go back and do it again, would you, would you change anything? Not a darn thing. Yeah. We did it as a family, me, him, his mom, every weekend, and those five friends of mine. It, I don't care where we were racing, what town, what state, it was a family thing. Yeah. And we were determined 
especially me and his mom, to give him that dream. It's the same now as it was then. I still yell at him now like I did then. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Do you scream at the TV on restarts? Do you, I mean, is there anything like that you do? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I talk to him, you know, I tell him his restarts suck bad. <laughs> you know, get up there. We had a little go-kart deal this past weekend, and I kicked his butt twice. <laughs> and I asked him if he learned anything. He, he thinks like, if there's a turn, you don't have to turn, you just yeah. T-bone the other guy. Then. Yeah. That, that's the right way to go. Right? Welcome the, to my world, racing yeah. with your dad. Racing with your dad, man. Welcome to my I world. I got out of it and asked him, did he learn anything? Yeah. Dad ain't Yeah, lost I needed him. a Hans. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank You're you very, very much for this, man. You're Thanks, guys. Thanks, Denny. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> who, so who calls you and says, your restart suck? Who is that guy right now today? Oh, that would always be my dad and Your mom. Dad well, my mom was actually harder on me than my dad. My oh. mom was like, zero excuses, which is probably why I have some of the mental issues I have now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was always – dad and I, we would have the arguments, but mom would just tell me that I was terrible that day or I was great that day, either one. But mm -hmm. she definitely didn't let me make any excuses. Yeah, that's – and, you know, they have that right. You know, they, they helped us get to that point. But that's such a great story. I mean, you know, this is a family that literally – Denny said it. You know, they – pretty much had everything out there that they had done trying to help their son uh, get this opportunity. And then it was J.D. Gibbs that, that came along, heard about Denny, saw Denny, and, and they put him in a car, and the rest is pretty much history. The only thing they've got left to do uh, is get Denny Hamlin a cup championship, and this looks like his best year to make that happen. So, so do you think he can? Do you think he will? Yes, he's been my pick. Uh, that's uh, who I said before the playoffs started that, that I thought this was Denny Hamlin's year. Everything that I've seen uh, just makes me think that, that he's put a, enough of it together. They have the speed to do it, uh, and I think that he's in a better place mentally uh, to drive these cars and to perform at this level than he's ever been before. Yeah, that's the key thing you said there was mentally. And I misspoke earlier. I think it was 2010 when he was winning all those races. Like, he – you tell it wasn't don't want to say he wasn't ready for it, but he definitely didn't know how to yeah. react to it. So when it came down time to win the championship, he didn't have everything in place this year. He has everything in place. The attitude, just going about it, doing it quietly because he's been overshadowed by Kyle Busch for so long. And then Martin Truex Jr. Coming in, going out there and just that 11 team quietly going about it, not overdoing it early in the season, not getting too high, too low. And they're on the perfect level right now where I like his chances going to Homestead. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I like when you talk to Chris Gabehart, his crew chief, away from Denny, you talk to Denny away from Chris, they say the same thing. Yeah. Huh. And not, you yeah. know what I mean? Like they are completely lined up. They completely believe in each other. And we all know how far that can go. Yeah, I, I think they got a great shot. Yeah. Uh, this this next will be the part of the show that I like the least, <laughs> I have a feeling, because we're going to be looking at the top five wildest moments at Texas Motor Speedway, and unfortunately, I'm going to be in one of those. Yes, I am. You are watching NASCAR America. Happy Halloween. Good job, Dylan. That's the son of our director, Jim Morrison. I mean, Dylan's got an acting career in his Absolutely, future. That was yeah. awesome. Good job. All right, so this day in NASCAR takes us back to Halloween in 2010 at Talladega. RCR teammates Kevin Harvick and Clint Moyer racing for the win on a final lap. Unfortunately, my man sitting next to me 
was involved in a multi-car wreck. What had happened was I was trying to go down the middle there and we were all pushing each other and I didn't make it. That one hurt. <laughs> say. Well, there it is. There's the wreck and there's the lead. NASCAR had to go back to video replay to determine that Moria was just barely ahead when the caution came out. But Moria gets the win. You know, Boyer never bought me a beer or any steak or anything like that for getting the caution to come out while he was leaving. Really? Yeah. That's hard to believe he I wouldn't know. get you a beer at I least. Know. Yes. Well, let's hope he's not drinking a beer Saturday because we've got Xfinity Series qualifying at 5.30 and Monster Energy Series qualifying at 7 and then a Saturday night playoff race. Xfinity Series from Texas at 8 o'clock. And then on Sunday, 1.30, DJ, Monster Energy yeah. Series playoff from Texas. For you guys, I'm sure we'll be get kicking off a good going. show. Yeah, have a lot of interviews, see what the drivers are thinking before they get ready to buckle in and go after Texas. It's more fun when you figure out what they were trying to think after the race. <laughs> All right, so those top five moments, wildest moments from Texas. This was Dale Earnhardt Jr. Remember, he, he oh. tried to get the left front. Uh, get I was behind end. that, and I was about probably 15 cars back and got hit with so much debris and mud. Wow. It was insane. This killed the car. Just actually killed the car. More turf, more turf. That artificial turf that we have in Charlotte. <laughs> yes. This wouldn't happen, but not a good day. Number four. Let's see, this one, well, this was the first cup race at Texas. Yeah. Remember that one, don't you? Man, it got off to a rough start. <laughs> 13 car rack on lap one. Who this won one. that race? I don't know. DJ had oh, a shot of winning it. You had a shifter problem the way I remember it. Is that right? Yeah, I had a little cut? problem yeah, down towards the end, but don't know that we were any match for uh, the man that won the race. I don't know. Sitting beside you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And this one, we can just fast forward to this one. Oh, so, oh what? what happened I there? was behind that as well. What, what did you do there? So he got mad at me and took a swipe at me getting into turn one. The caution came out, and I was, got re-mad at him, and I stood in the gas. And when I did, I hooked him in the right rear quarter panel. Not meaning to hook him in the right rear quarter panel, but I did. Looks like somebody hooked Michael McDowell in the right oh, rear quarter panel right gosh. there. That's a qualifying wreck. Just yes. a single car crash. I remember McDowell telling me they pushed the brakes back for qualifying, and I was like, Ooh. why did you not hit them Yes, and bring them back? Because Two that places was... to do that, Daytona and Talladega. Yeah, Everywhere was... else, no. <laughs> he was a rookie, that so was he violent. didn't know any better. Unbelievable wreck. 2014 playoffs. Jimmy Johnson won this race. We all forget that. Brad Keselowski tried to shoot the gap right there, and Jeff Gordon didn't think that was an appropriate move. And remember, that was the one, remember Kevin Harvick kind of gave a little push. Yeah, a little get in there, there, get in yeah. there and yeah. fight your fight. I, I, I noticed that common denominator there, Jeff Gordon likes to fight at Texas. Jeff Gordon. That's it looked good. to me like it, your name had to be Jeff to get in those highlights. That's true. <laughs> which is good. A lot of things going on, which is okay. But I think you're right. Gordon yeah. was in there a lot. Yeah. Yeah. A little scuffle, yeah. I mean, he, that's, we know that's how he was all through his career. So, exactly. not surprising. He wasn't a big, not a big guy either, right? <laughs> you, like, you wouldn't think a little guy could scuffle like that. But no, he didn't mind. Feisty. He was yeah. feisty. Yeah. So, all right. So, we're going back to Texas. Uh, we've talked about several drivers. Who else you want to talk about? Well, I think you have to look down at the bottom at Chase Elliott is one, uh, you know, certainly in kind of a must-win situation. But I, does he have the speed to do that on a mile-and-a-half track, AJ? I mean, I think they do. They, Chase Elliott finished fourth at Vegas, second at Kansas. Uh, he holds the best average finish ever at Texas for whatever that means. But the thing that I look at is the fact that they've had to go through so much adversity throughout the course of these playoffs. It's not the first time they've been in this situation. So you can feed off that. You can go, okay, we know we have to win. 
Use that as an advantage. We don't have to worry about points, stage points. They don't mean anything anymore. So in these two races, it's all about setting yourself up in the final stage on that last pit stop to go out there and win the race because some of these drivers, basically from Blaney up, they still have to worry about points. Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott, they just probably have to go for wins, and Chase Elliott for sure has to go for wins, so they can feed off the adversity that they've already had to deal with this, in this playoffs. So you think Kyle Larson, uh, 20, 28 back, 24 back, you you don't think he can get himself in? I think he can race his way. He's right on the cutoff. We just haven't seen enough speed consistently yeah. where yeah. they're in. You To me, when you're 24 back, just going off of Ryan Blaney, you have to run inside the top three in the stages and the race. Yeah. Kyle Larson's best chance is winning a race. Yeah, tall order there yeah. for that. And I, does Hendrick Motorsports, do they have any problems to the last four weeks? You know, for Chase yeah. Elliott, starting at Dover and, and then in practice at Martinsville, uh, you're going to need a lot of horsepower and pushing the envelope a little bit to keep up with those, especially the Ford engines of Doug Yates. And they're going to put that PJ1 down in the, in the second, third, fourth groove. Kyle yeah. Larson wants that to come in. Yeah, That's for sure. Yeah, yeah that'll be exciting. But listen, you guys all have a happy and safe Halloween. Uh, we'll see you again tomorrow for Cup and Xfinity Series practice live from Texas.